Thanks for joining us on this week's Real Life Church podcast. We'd love to know if God is using this ministry to bless you in some way. And if you'd like to share your story or know more about getting involved at Real Life Church, you can visit us on our website at livereallife.com today. Today, uh, we're going to continue along the lines of life at the core. And this series really is just, we're focusing on the idea of values. We're focusing on, as far as the church, but also as far as you as individuals, what this looks like. And I believe today, the, the value and the peace that God has for you is something that has the opportunity to revolutionize your life. And uh, I want to, before we go any further, I want to say thank you to our serve teams for coming in and shoveling snow. Listen. I want you to give Rick and Deb Young a huge hand clap. They drive these trailers in this craziness. They've been driving these trailers for a long time. And uh, it's not always easy because we got to go back and forth with the chairs and things like that. But they, you don't hear them complain. They just they love Jesus and love you as a church. And so give them another big hand clap. Huge blessing. Huge blessing. So today, what we're going to talk about, last week we talked about we are faith-filled, big thinking. This week, the thought is this, we connect with others to make us stronger. We connect with others to make us stronger, and you you have notes inside your worship guide today or online, but we connect with others to make us stronger. One thing I really believe and think that Jesus believed as well, when you study Jesus's life, Jesus never believed that his public ministry, which he was on the earth for 33 years, Okay, we, we, we only have that much of the Bible, of his recordings, here in the Word of God. He was on the earth for 33 years, and I really believe that when you study Jesus' life and how he did things, that he didn't really focus on the crowd. His public ministry, or say, when he was amongst the crowd, he knew that that would not be the most effective way that he would change the world. When Jesus, when you would, you would see him interact with the crowd, that he really, he really would, he would do a thing and he would heal and then he would say a parable and everybody's going, what in the world is he talking about? And then he would take his 12 and he would take them off to the side and he would talk to them and he would explain the parable. Why? Because Jesus had this thought and this idea and the way he lived his life was that he believed that if he poured his life into 12 men, And he took time to pour his life into 12 people that he could make a bigger difference than focusing on the crowd. Now, in America, that's not how things work. In America, we think larger is better. But sometimes smaller is better and more effective. Here's what I mean by that. I'm not saying we don't continue to reach souls. But what I am saying is that when when you take a large place and make it into a smaller group, all of a sudden now, you have the opportunity to get free and then help others do the same thing. There is an impact that takes place, and Jesus believed that. Jesus believed that real life change and freedom happens in a small group. He had his own small group. Now, this just isn't about small groups. This is about you making an impact and connecting with others to make you stronger, but also to help you get free. Relationships is the number one conduit by which we become free in this thing called life. Now, Jesus, again, his teachings most of the time were done in parables, and that's simply a story. And what he would do is he would tell a story, and the crowd, again, they would not understand it, but he would, he would pull his disciples off and give them inside knowledge. He would give them inside wisdom on what he was talking about, 
and when you, when you read the book of John, which will begin there in John chapter 13, when you read the book of John, that half of the book is written about the last week of Jesus' life. The half of the book. Five chapters from John chapter 13 to John chapter 17, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, five chapters, making sure I got that right. Five chapters is about the last night of his life. Five chapters. So wouldn't you think that'd be important? John took half the book to describe a week, and then he took five chapters to describe the last night. And I really believe that some of the most profound things that we will ever say will be in our last moments. You know, you have your family gathered around you, your kids are gathered around you, and you're, you're on your way out. You're getting ready to transfer into, your, into heaven, and you want to leave wisdom with your family. You want to leave wisdom with your kids. And this would be the last thing you say. It's the most important thing is the last thing. And when we look at Jesus' life, we see that the most important things that he uh, put into his disciples were recorded in those five chapters. He wanted his small group of men to remember some things that would carry them into making a difference. Jesus had this mentality. Now, in John chapter 13 through 17, what you have to realize is that's five chapters, but that's minutes of his life. That's not like years, that's minutes. So John chapter 13 through 17, it happened in minutes, and two things Jesus talked about in John chapter 13 through 17. Here's two things. The first one was the person of the Holy Spirit. He said, listen, I'm leaving, and I'm not going to leave you orphans. I'm not going to leave you comfortless. I'm going to send another one that's just like myself, and he's going to come, and he's not just going to be with you, but he's going to indwell you. He's going to be in you, and he's going to be your best friend. He's going he's to be your comforter, your standby, your advocate. Come on, man. He's going to be your strength. He's going to be your power, and he's the Holy Spirit. And Jesus made sure that these guys understood that he wasn't just leaving them empty, but he was leaving them with the intent to send something like himself that would indwell each of us called the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit would be the one that would lead and guide us. The second thing that Jesus left us with was relationships. When you read the Bible, John chapter 13 through 17, he talks about relationships. Now, John chapter 13, verse number 1, here's where we'll pick up. So the two things he dealt with, the person of the Holy Spirit and relationships. John 13, verse number 1, says, It was just before the Passover festival. Jesus knew that the hour had come for them to the, uh, uh, he, sorry, had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. That's how close he was to these guys. It wasn't just, a, it wasn't just a, a, an acquaintance group of guys that he randomly chose. He, he found something in these guys and he invested in, his, in these guys for 12 years. And it says that he loved them all the way to the end. Man, that's the kind of friend I want. I want a friend that walks with me through everything all the way till the end, whether it's through breakthrough or devastation. I want a friend like that. Now listen to what he says. He says, the evening meal was in progress, and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Again, this is the Last Supper. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power, and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. Now, what you have to understand is when they would come into a meal, they wore sandals, and at the door, they would drop the sandals off. 
and somebody which would be considered the lowest servant, there would be a servant at the door. And this servant was the lowest on the totem pole, per se. He was the lowest man in the room when it came to rank. And this guy, his job was strictly to wash everybody's feet at the dinner table. Well, there was no servant at the door when this happened. Because Jesus intended that he was going to give them a picture of what it meant to serve one another. So he took the lowest place, according to Scripture in Philippians, he took the lowest place, took upon himself the form of a servant, came to earth, died for our sin, and served us. So in this moment, he's there. They take off their dusty uh, sandals, and, you know, they've been walking through Jerusalem rocks and sand, and so I'm pretty sure they got some craziness in their toes. You know anybody that's got crazy toes? You ain't going to say it because you're probably married to them. You're like, hey. Fix them things. Them things are funky. They talk a lot. They got dirt in between your toes. I have my wife every once in a while, you know, she'll, I'll have her like clean my toes. Not clean them, but clip them. You know what I mean? Because I get these ingrown things and it hurts. Anybody ever had an ingrown thing? I mean, I, I, I take showers, but for some reason I can't seem to get that one side of that toe to stop growing into that side of the, my toe. And I'd have her cut them. She's like, you got the nastiest feet there. I, well, I ain't. I'm a dude. I ain't getting a, what's it called, a pedicure? I ain't getting a pedicure. Why ain't other dudes laughing? You guys get pedicures? We need you to sign up for the man small group then or something. Seriously, go out to the garage and grab the sander. That's how you do your toes, gentlemen. <laughs> All right, moving right along. So here's what he said. He said, so he got... He got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet. He dried them with the towel that was wrapped around him, and he came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Like, hey, you're, not, you're the Lord. Listen to how he's saying, you're the Lord. And here's what he says. He says, Jesus replied, you do not realize now what I am doing. Peter, you don't get it yet. But I'm about to show you something that's going to transcend your life forever. This heart that I'm going to show you, this is how you're to interact when I leave. And here's what he says. He says, he said, uh, he said, Jesus replied, you do not realize now what I am doing, but later you will understand. And Peter said, no, you shall never wash my feet. And Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Now, what's that mean? Here, here's kind of what I mean. Like, Jesus, is he just like, is he cutting him off from the family? No, what he's saying is, you're not going to be effective on the earth without this mentality. You're not going to be able to act like me on the earth and look like a partner of mine and a representation of me if you're not willing to wash somebody's feet. Not only wash somebody's feet, but then be washed. Come on, everybody say, be washed. Say it with some enthusiasm. Be washed. Be washed. Okay, <laughs> that was great. You guys did it. That's funny. Be washed. And so he says, you don't realize what, you, what I'm doing, but what he's trying to get across to, these, to him is you need to see the importance of, 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 listen, having some people in your life. And Jesus was, 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 was giving them a picture that you need somebody that's willing to get down into the dirtiest, most places of your life. This, was, he was, this is the picture he was giving them. You know, a lot of times we serve, but there's times where we need to be served. And we'll look at that in just a second. So here's what Peter said. He said, no, 
No, you're not going to wash my feet. You know, I find this interesting in our society today. A lot of people say no to relationships. This is what he was doing. He was saying, listen, listen, you're not going to serve me because I'm supposed to serve you. But Jesus was saying, listen, if you're going to effectively deal in relationships, again, personal Holy Spirit in relationship, if you're going to effectively deal in relationships, then this is the mentality you must have. You must not say no to those things in your life that need to be dealt with by people. Partnerships. What does that look like? Here's Jesus' quick five things. Number one is this. Five thoughts on powerful partnerships. Number one is this. Jesus got across to them that, number one, they must serve one another. Must serve one another. And again, to serve and to be served. You need to to be served. And here's, here's what I mean by that. You need to allow people to serve you when you're going through some junk. You're like, no, I'm a loner, man. I'm just going to be by myself, and I'm just going to walk this thing out by myself. The place of loneliness and alone time is the place where the enemy speaks the loudest. And if he did it to Jesus in the garden, God knows he's going to do it to you in your dark spot. When you're alone and you're walking through life by yourself trying to figure, I'm just going to work it out. I'm just going to work it out. You know you can accelerate your growth by having the right people in your life? When they can just say, hey, you don't need to work it out. Here's what the issue is. Let me grab your hand and walk you through it. Then all of a sudden there becomes an acceleration in your life. So serve one another. I, I thought about this. It's such a powerful moment for me. Um, Betty uh, Williamson here at our church, her son passed away a couple years ago, two years ago, something like that. And I remember going to the viewing. And uh, she was a part of a small group here at our church. And I remember going to the viewing and walking in and, you know, I, I, I'm the pastor, you know, and I'm coming in just to love on Betty. And I've come in, and, and I noticed that her small group was there. And this, this, lit, this lit a fire underneath me. That when I walked in, I watched, I watched certain people come up to Betty and give her a hug and, or, or there with a meal, like they would provide meal, and they would, they would go to her house, and they would, they would love on her because it was very traumatic what she went through. But people rallied around her that was in her small group to check on her, to make sure she was doing okay, to make sure she was walking through this thing okay. She had a group of friends. And listen, there's nothing that does the heart better, nothing that, that ignites a fire, per se, in the heart of God is when his people serve one another. Sarah Michael, another story. She lost her husband, Zach. And here's what she wrote. I asked her just to kind of, from her thought to transcribe a little bit about what happened during this moment. And here's what she said. It is still so incredible to me when I look back and think about how my church family ran to our side during our greatest time of need. As soon as we were given the prognosis of Zach's condition, I was contacted to see what we needed. Meals, help with the babies, simply anything is how it was asked. I ended up working with Sonia to put a schedule together, and towards the end, we had someone from church at the house five nights a week, five times a week, bringing food, staying to help with the boys. She said it was incredibly helpful. I truly don't know how we would have gotten by without it. We were then asked if Zach would like to have a time of worship with some of the worship team. Zach had specific people that he wanted 
to come do worship with him. And our worship team went over there and sat with him during a special time of worship together. Sat with Zach and Sarah and worshiped. The room was filled with five worship team members with instruments and they shared memories and tears and laughed and did powerful worship together. Aside from my personal relationship with Jesus, notice what she's getting ready to say. My church family has been my lifeline when things felt like I was literally drowning. You say, why do you share that story for? It's because we make each other stronger. That's a value we have here at our church. That in a, in a time of crisis, that we serve one another. That it's not just a relationship with Jesus. He did not say, just have a relationship with me. He said, connect to the body. Because anything that's not connected to the body eventually dies off. Cut your arm off and see how long it lasts the next 24 hours. It's not connected to the lifeline. It's not connected to the blood flow. It's not connected to the brain anymore. It's not going to work. Things don't work when they're detached from the body. Your life does not work on its own. You were never meant to be alone. If, if Listen, God would have never started this, with, this whole thing with man shall not be alone. It is not good that man be alone. Now, that's not just a marriage scripture. That's a relationship scripture. He was saying, it's not good for you to be alone because there's an enemy that can attack you and take over your life when you're isolated by yourself. So we got to serve one another. John 13, 12 and 15 says, when he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. And do you understand what I have done for you? He asked them, you call me teacher and Lord and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, listen, you also should wash one another's feet. And then he says, I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. This is not a light thing, people. Relationships within the body is not a light thing. And we can make all sorts of excuses we want. Well, I just don't, I don't do well in relationships. Will you stop trying? Well, nobody talks to me. It's a two-way street. Come on, somebody. We can make every excuses in the book. And listen, most excuses, the enemy loves your excuses for not connecting. Because he knows that if he can get you by yourself, he can get you. If he can get you in your thought patterns, he can get you. But when you have somebody there that's a buddy, that's a friend, that's a part of this thing, that all of a sudden they come alongside you and say, hey man, here's the deal. Listen, let me serve you. How can I serve you? How can I help you? How can I be a blessing to you? Why are we doing it? It's because... That's what Jesus would do. 1 Peter 4.10 says each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others. Faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. Number one, we'll serve one. And number two is this out of John 13, 17. And what we're doing is we're going 13. We're taking a point. 13, 14, 15, 16, and 17. We're going to take a point from each verse, from each chapter. Number two is encourage one another. Now today, I found a video today that I think some of you, you're stuck. Some of you are stuck, and you need friends. Now, I found this little video. I want you to show this real quick, 12 seconds. Go ahead and show my little video for me. Please show my little video. Come on. Come on, go. That's some of you on the far end. Thank you. 
See, that's what some of you need. You're on the other end. You're the one trying to get through. You're stuck. You can't get through. You need somebody on the other end going, come on. What you really need in the picture that I've seen with this is when there feels like there's no way. It's not always just Jesus being the way maker. It's somebody that's been there and done it, that knows how to go through some stuff and go through the difficult place and go through that, that high level of, of, of difficulty and make a path for you to get out freely. Come on, somebody. That, that's the picture I get. It's not just for Jesus. Yeah, Jesus makes a way where there is no way. I don't even know if that's a song. But I need somebody that can get me through this snow. I need somebody that can get me through this stuck place that's willing to go through and get through and not worry about what anybody says. And that little doggy, the big dog could have stood out there and went like, well, it just stinks to be you over there. No, that's not what he did. He went through difficulty to bring his friend out. How many of you really realize that you might have to go through something, not for yourself, but for someone else to bring them out? You might have to lay the opinion of man down. You might have to lay the fear down. You might have to lay the insecurity down to get to that person to bring them out. Encourage one another. John 14, 1. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. There's a Wednesday night phone call I look forward to every single week. And Kyle Zek, I don't know if he's here today, but Kyle Zek calls me every Wednesday. And he's just happy as all get out. I think sometimes he fakes it, but I think most of the time he's excited to hear me. We talk, and he calls me. And he's like, how's your week going, man? I'm like, dude, I'm, going, I'm, I'm doing well. And then next week, how's your, how's your week going? I'm, just, I'm ready to choke somebody. But he, every Wednesday, he calls me. I tell Kyle, I look forward to hump day. He calls me, he encourages me. What that lets me know is he's thinking about me. Come on, somebody. I also need encouragement. You need encouragement. I'll never forget, I was sitting here, and we were, it was, I think it was the end of last year, and I was sitting back here, and Debbie might not know this, Debbie Young, but I was sitting back here under Pride Paul's, and uh, I forget what we were doing. It might have been service, but they had been gone. They were on a, on a trip. And they had went to this, this church, and they had a huge facility. And she started talk, telling me about this facility. And I think she's seen something in me, because I was like, yeah, that's, that's great. We're a portable church. But she doesn't realize what she did in that moment. She looked at me, and she said, it will happen for us as well. Like she didn't even realize what she said, but in that moment, I got up, tears in my eyes. I didn't cry in front of her. I'm crying now so she can see it. Amen, everybody. <laughs> you guys got your stock in those one kinds of tissues? Thank you very much. But, but in that moment, it was an encouragement to me to say, yeah, you know what? It's, it's, but the perspective she brought was it's not about a facility. It's about watching God do amazing things through people. And I needed that little encouraging moment there in that moment. Hebrews 3.13 says, be in, be, but encourage one another daily. Listen to me. How many of you think you encourage someone daily? Oh, that's good. Come on. But be proud of come if, Let me ask you another question. How many of you think you discourage others daily? 
Oh, we altar call. Amen. <laughs> I mean, sometimes we don't think that way. We think, well, we're just gonna we're just gonna walk around here and we're we're this and we're that and we're just gonna this and we're gonna that and we're gonna tell everybody how it is and this is the way it's gonna be. And don't you know who I am? Blah blah blah. Whoa. That's not serving anybody. That's not encouraging anybody. He said, encourage one another daily. Number three. Listen to what I'm about to say and what I'm not going to say. Number, number three is this. Produce with one another. Not reproduce with one another. Okay, we're not that kind of church. Men don't go to pedicures and we don't just hang out, everybody. Okay? Produce with one another. Here's what I mean. There's a law called the law of synergy. And the law of synergy is this, or, or synergism. It's the law that states when the joint action of people or agents are brought together, they increase each other's effectiveness. Here's what synergy is. It is cooperative interaction among groups, the increased effectiveness that result when two or more people work together. The interaction of two or more agents or forces so that their combined effort is greater than the sum of their individual effects. I wanted to bring an eight-foot telephone pole up here and see uh, what one big strong man in this room could try to pick this telephone pole up. But if I had four or five of you, pick this telephone pole up, it's much lighter. Why? Because it's synergy. The weight of it is divided among five people versus one person trying to do it all themselves. What happens is, is we produce with one another. The, the synergy that takes place, we get more done when we work together. Synergy begins to take place and our efforts are doubled, our efforts are tripled when we work together, when we, when we realize that in relationships that we are stronger together, that we produce with one another, that all of a sudden God brings this synergy among us where we are, we are collectively unified in heart, in spirit, in mind, in where we're going. And all of a sudden now when that begins to happen, the load of where we're going doesn't seem as heavy because we're all carrying a piece going in that direction. Some of you ain't serving yet. Some of you just come to church. Hold on, man. This vision is going to require every one of us to grab a portion of this vision and this law and begin to carry it down the road. It's not just going to be pastor trying to, trying to preach it out and pray it out and work it out and walk it out. I'm not going to try to do all that. It's going to have to be all of us grabbing a piece and moving this thing down the road. Grabbing a piece that God has gifted you in and, and God has anointed you in. And all of a sudden now we begin to produce with one another. Here's what John 15 says. Remain in me and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. You can't bear fruit by yourself. It starts with Jesus and the Holy Spirit and his word. And then it transfers into relationships. It says, it must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit apart from me. You can do nothing. What's that mean? Something of significance. The word nothing doesn't mean you're not going to do anything. It just means you're not going to do anything with something of significance. And the minute Jesus does not stay in that place, 
The minute you start to see yourself isolated and lonely and over here doing your own thing, and you drop the portion of your log that God called you to carry, the portion of the vision that God's called you to carry, all of a sudden something becomes a weak point. Something, there's a weak point there. And listen, it slows everything down. So let's figure out how we produce with one another. Deuteronomy 32, 30 says, one man will chase a thousand, but but two will put 10,000 to flight. I think about that not just in in, in life, but in in praying with one another, producing with one another. There's things I can fight on my own, and there's some things I just can't fight on my own. It takes all of us working together. I was going to share this next week, but I'll share it today, and then I'll share it again next week. I went to, on a Thursday, I had Leadership Academy, and my wife, she said, uh, she said, will you come up and meet me, for, meet me up, at, up at Living Word? That's where she works at. It's the church I came out of. Pastor Bass, my pastor. And I went up there, and um, I went in the office, and I went and met with one of their staff. I was just fooling around, you know. I kind of the jokes are when I go in there, and nothing serious with me there. And I just kind of hang out. And I'm sitting there, and Pastor Pat comes around the corner. And he says, Psst. He says, Happy New Year. I said, Happy New Year. He says, I got something for you. I said, well, what do you got? And he walked over and he handed me an envelope. And he says, this has got to be the year that you pay that land off. And he said, I want to start that process. Here's $20,000 towards the payoff of that land. Because we work better together. We work better together. When Wendy calls and says, we, are, we, have, we have six boxes of cereal on the shelf that's supposed to feed families over Christmas, and you show up with 400 boxes of cereal working together. Now families' needs are being met and kids are being taken care of because we can produce together. I believe this is the year our land gets paid off. Come on, anybody else want to believe with me? I believe it, it, you say, well, what's the significance? We don't got to pay all the interest. Come on, somebody. We don't got to pay all the interest, and then we have a paid-off asset to where one day if we have to go to a bank, then we have that asset. I'm down the road with that, first things first. But it puts something underneath me that says, Jason, listen, man, we can do things better together that I might be able to put 1,000 to flight, but when Sean Walker calls me on the phone and he grabs heart to heart over the phone and he just begins to pray with me. This past week I went to his office. I wanted to talk to him, so I went into his office and just by being together in agreement, all of a sudden it produces an encouragement on the inside of me that says, Jason, keep going. You might be able to put one uh, to flight, but, but you and Walker together can put 10,000 to flight. And then when three of you get together, you can put 20,000 to flight and, and so on and so on. And all of a sudden, we start to produce and synergy begins to take place and here's the here's the bottom line what happens in those moments of synergy is the devil's kingdom just continues to dissipate in this region 
Come on, man, that's the greater goal, is the enemy's stronghold on people's lives begin to dissipate in this region when a church stands up and says, we're not just looking to be a church on the corner. We're looking to be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ in the earth. We're going to love. We're going to bless. We're going to walk in faith. We're going to be generous. We're going to be stronger together. Come on, somebody. Number four is this, protect one another. Protect one another. Protect one another. John chapter 16, verse number one says, All this I have told you so that you will not go astray. Astray. Astray is this. The English word for the word astray is scandal. He's saying, I've told you all this so that you will not end up in a uh, a scandal. Here's what it means in a deeper level. A snare in your path that you can't see. So you're walking along in life and there is snares set up for you. And the only eyes that are on it is yours. And you won't have an opportunity. You will not see every snail and, uh, snare and snail. Amen. <laughs> Let's go to the beach. All right, so you won't, you won't see every snail. <laughs> you won't see every scandal that's in front of you. He says, I've told you this, that you would not go astray. Tell you what? Serve one another. Encourage one another. Protect one another. Produce. Listen, listen to this story. I love this story. In Ecclesiastes 4, he says this. In verse 9 and 10, the message says, It's better to have a partner than go, go alone. Share the work, share the wealth. And if one falls down, the other helps. But if there's no one to help, tough. Two in a bed warm each other alone you shiver all night listen to this by yourself you're unprotected with a friend you can face the worst can you round up a third a three stranded rope isn't easily snapped here's what he's saying don't just have faith in your eyes to see the scandals that are in front of you bring somebody else else with you and put more eyes in your path. Why? Because all of a sudden, that person that comes along, it's like, hey, 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 TJ, TJ, man, there's something coming right here. Be careful with that. Now all of a sudden, TJ's like, whoa, man, I didn't even see that. But somebody else saw it. And all of a sudden now, it can be revealed in the enemy's scandal. You won't end up astray from God because you have somebody and you have multiple eyes on the things that God wants you to do and to become. And all of a sudden now, you're protected. He said, if you're alone, you're unprotected if you're by yourself. Finally, number five is this. Pray for one another. Pray for one another. I believe this is the power of spiritual synergy. It's not just, if we're going to be in synergy... And we're going to protect one another, we're going to produce, we're going to, we're going to walk in faith, we're going to serve one another, we're going to encourage one another. It cannot happen without us being in a place where we pray for one another. Listen to this, I love this passage. Matthew 18, 19 says, Again, I say to you that if two believers on earth agree, that is, are of one mind in harmony about anything they ask within the will of God, it will be done for them by my Father which is in heaven. Listen to what he said in John 17. I caught this this week. Here's what he said. After Jesus said this, he looked toward heaven and prayed. Listen to what he says. I pray for them. He's speaking of his disciples. 
He's talking about the ones that scattered. He's talking about the ones that he had just spent three years of his life pouring into that they didn't even show up when he resurrected. They wasn't going to show up. There's those that scattered when he was betrayed by Judas. They just scattered, denying him at the fire. Not knowing where, not knowing where the other ones had scattered to. And, and, and there he is. He's on the cross. Here's, here's what he says. He says, I'm praying for them. Think about the love in the middle of that sacrifice. He says, I'm praying for them. Now listen what he says. He says, I'm not praying for the world. That's interesting. He said, I'm not praying for the world at this moment, but for those you have given me. Speaking of his small group. Speaking of his 12. Speaking of the ones that he invested his life in. He said, listen, I'm on this cross and I'm praying for them that have been scattered. I'm praying for those that are lost. I'm praying for those that don't believe what's happening right now. I'm praying for Peter. I'm praying for Thomas. I'm praying I'm praying for Barnabas. All of a sudden now he starts to go down the list. Then he starts to pray for those while he's on the cross. He's not praying for the world. Why? I asked God, I said, why? He said, go back to the beginning. He said, I gave you the thought that my impact was not to be done in crowds. My impact was to be done with 12, and I could make a difference with 12 more than I could with the crowd. So he said, what I'm saying is I'm praying for those that will make a difference in the earth. When we synergize with God, victory is sure. When an individual or a church cooperates with Jesus, the impossible becomes possible. When leopards agreed with Jesus, they were healed. When the demon-possessed agreed with Jesus, they were delivered. When the hungry agreed with Jesus, they were fed. When Peter agreed with Jesus, he walked on water. And when the church agrees with Jesus, they can turn the world upside down. Agreeing in prayer. We will confess our sin one to another and pray for each other that we may be healed. We is always better than me. We is always better than me. So we connect with others to make us stronger. We pray for one another. Who do you pray for? Who's in your group that you pray for? Who are those people that, that, that are around you that you're praying for? Who's praying for you? Is our small group leaders in here? Can I have all our small group leaders that made it out in the snow come to the front for me, please? Come on up here. Come on up here. Come on. Come on, give them a big hand clap. These are people that have committed to lead in our church, and they know that the goal is that they would help people, help you, help us find freedom, discover purpose. And what's going to happen immediately when you sign up for a group is now all of a sudden you have somebody that's going to serve, encourage. You'll produce with one another. You'll protect one another. You'll pray for one another. And all of a sudden when you do that, synergy begins to happen. Listen to me. Our crowd is Sunday. Our 12 is whenever they meet. So we got... I need a microphone. So I want you to real quick tell, tell me how to use a mic stand, okay? Okay? I want you to real quick tell them about your group. Just real quick, 
briefly where your group is and all that. So what group are you doing? Well, my name is David Aiduma, and uh, with my wife, Marisol, we're going to meet at our place. Uh, it's in Liberty Township. It's a little bit uh, south, but still doable. We do it every Sunday. Yes. But uh, we, we hope somebody signs in, and we're happy to share. It's, it's going to be a sermon-based uh, study, and uh, we'll, we'll happy to do it and happy to share just everything, just life with you guys if you guys join. Come on, come on. It, now look, don't just patty cake at the end of this thing. I, I want you to think about who you're going with, who, who, what group you're signing up with. You're like, well, that's just a plea to sign up. No, it's a goal to get you connected to the body where you're encouraged, where, where you produce, where, where, where somebody's praying for you. So on and so on, what are you doing? I'm helping Jason Davis do men's group on Saturday mornings. Whoa, a little loud right there. Uh, at his house every other weekend, and he's going to give you a lot more details on it. Perfect. Men's group. Hey, I'm Hannah. Oh my gosh. It's all right. I'm Hannah. <laughs> I'm going to be leading the college and career group, and we are going to be seeing what God has revealed about our identities in the book of Ephesians, um, because God has called us to set the world on fire, and we can't do that if we are bound in lies and we won't reach the lost. So we'll be meeting at my house every other Tuesday at 7 o'clock. Hey, that's what I'm talking about. I'm Jason Saunders, and me and my wife Nadia and Carla, her, we're meeting at her house on Sunday nights. Uh, it's a sermon-based study with the youth, sixth through eighth grade. So if you have kids who are not signed up, currently involved, please sign them up. We're looking to expand the group. Uh, we're looking to make disciples out of our young people, and uh, we're real excited about it. So we're going to meet at Carla's house on Sunday nights, and please sign your kids up. Yes. We need them. Sixth through eighth grade, everybody. Come on, that's a big deal. All right, I'm going to be leading the ninth through twelfth grade at Dorothy Lane Sunday nights at six o'clock. So please, if you guys have students who are ninth through twelfth grade, we have so many students who who aren't involved from our church, and I want us to be able to come together and just be able to, to group together in Christ, learn about God, um, and just be an encouragement in all of our schools, because we have so many different school systems represented here in our church, um, and I just want our students to be able to get a light. So I definitely encourage you with, with their group as well, sixth through eighth, um, just encourage your kids to get there. Yep, lots of fun too. Uh, my name is James, and I will be leading a uh, sermon-based small group where we'll basically break down Pastor Jason's messages uh, every week. It'll be Thursday night, 6.30 p.m. at Dorothy Lane Market, which is right down the street here. Uh, it's a great time not only to unpack the message, but just to encourage one another. Um, we did this last fall, and there was just some incredible life change that occurred and it's very encouraging to be able to meet with believers on a weekly basis and just talk about what's going on in your life uh, so it's a great opportunity every thursday we begin this thursday over at dark lane market i'm jessica ours is a not so small group um i really can't say enough like to encourage you to join a group because what god has done is in ours is just amazing We've had so much fun, and God has been doing so much that we never really even broke during the holidays. We met every week. So um, ours is Friday nights, with, and my husband, Sean, and Sonia um, work with me. So thank you. I'm Gail Davis. I am leading a women's group. Um, this last year when I prayed a lot, God gave me the word joy. Um, so my study is defiant joy. What happens when you're full of it? Um, I'm looking forward to it. 
It's yes. actually, if anybody remembers the Chewbacca mom with the Chewbacca mask, yes. she's the one who wrote the study. So I'm hoping it'll be a really good study, but it's women's group Thursday nights, 7 o'clock. It's every other Thursday at my house. So I hope you guys come and join me, and we'll have a great women's group. And Be full of it. Yes, be Amen. full of joy. Amen. Come on, somebody. Um, Jason Davis doing the men's group with Sean at my house. Uh, we're going to do the 33 series. Uh, four faces of a man. You know, it's something that I've prayed a lot, a lot about I, to get men in the church to to turn to each other, to know that they don't have to be alone in, in their church life and e everyday life. So, like, it's going to be at my house every other Saturday, starting on the 19th. Uh, I'll have breakfast for you. Come on. So we'll just have some time for fellowship. I'm Eric. Uh, going to do a sermon-based uh, meeting at our house on Market Street, and uh, it means a lot to me because back 30-some years ago when I first got back into church, uh, I got involved in a home group that was, we covered the Sunday sermon, and uh, something obviously took because I'm still here, and uh, serving God, and you can learn so much by sharing with each other what God is doing in your life and through the message. Uh, th these messages are God given to Jason. So we should go ahead and talk about them during the week and live them during the week and not just on Sundays. Well, there was your altar call. Amen. Our group so, is Tuesday nights at seven. Oh, yes. Yeah, he, he was inspirational on in your detail. We know where this is going. That's she right. Keeps me straight. What's that? She keeps me straight. Yeah, we all have one. We're with you. So I have some apples for you guys because this is life at the core. You guys are going to be connecting people, and I don't want you to ever forget why you do what you do. I don't know if I'm going to have enough apples. I need another bag. What? I need some more apples. Somebody give me some more apples out of my bag. What? You ain't up here. Why do you want an apple? Look at He's like, wait a minute. Get one. There you go. There you go. There you go. Hold on. I got more apples. Don't worry. I got. I got. I got apple trees in my closet. All these pastors got offices and green rooms. I got a janitor's closet, baby. Bring that on. There you go. Amen. Life at the core. Life at the core. Our core value is we're going to be faith-filled, big thinking, and we're also going to be connecting together to make us stronger. Amen, everybody. Amen. Come on, give these guys a big hand. Come on, let's all stand. We're going to pray today. Thank you for braving the weather. I went a little bit longer hoping that it would stop, but I don't know if it has. So let's just believe God for safe travels home. If you want to help out a little bit afterwards, pick up some tables, and uh, that way we can all hop up out of here. So let's pray today. Father, we love you. Thank you so much for your mercy and your goodness. Thank you today that, God, as we, as we hear your word, through John 13 through 17, that the defining moments of life is that we can serve one another, we can encourage one another, that we can produce with each other. God, we can protect one another, and ultimately, God, we can pray for one another. And so, God, I thank you today that, God, you make us stronger together with the intent of making an impact, not just in us and bringing freedom in us, but, God, making an impact through us. And so we thank you today. Thank you for our small group leaders. Thank you for them carrying this value out in their lives and in their groups. And I pray, God, this would be the best year ever. In Jesus' name, 
Amen. Give the Lord a big hand clap today, everybody. Thanks again for listening to our podcast. Be sure to connect with us on social media, the RLC app, and online at livereallife.com. 